Charles Spurgeon was a man that God used, and millions are still being impacted by his kingdom work. As we examine his life and ministry, we hope to strengthen today's church and bring glory to Christ. My name is Joel Littlefield, lead pastor of New City Church in Bath, Maine, and I'm joined by my brother in Christ, Josh Whitney. Welcome to the Spurgeon Maniacs podcast. I know it's from Seinfeld. Man, right? Yeah. Yep. Man, I've seen every episode thousands of times. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. But, oh. And that's why Who you guys it? are sponsoring us. Who says gold, Jerry? Gold. It's it's one of the comedians that he goes on. It's like early season stuff, like season two or three. Yep. It's, it's Banyan. Banyan, yep. He's got terrible jokes. They, ben, what is his thing? Ovaltine. Ovaltine. Yeah. And Dude. he like makes a point about now why I'm you a- can't just continue on these jokes. Yeah. It's gold, Jerry. Gold. <laughs> Benyon's crazy. Yeah. When he when he got Jerry to agree to take him out to a lunch and then he brought him to a restaurant and he got soup. He's like, that's not lunch. You owe me another lunch. I ordered soup. That's not lunch. You know, do you remember that one? Yes. That's awesome. Oh, do you remember man. Brian Cranston in there? Do you know who Brian I don't know Cranston the name. Uh, Mr. White from uh, from uh, Breaking Bad, the science teacher. Oh yes, he's. Uh, but I've also seen Malcolm him recently in, in King of Queens. He was in King of Queens for a little bit. He was a dentist in King of Queens. He was a dentist in Jerry Seinfeld. Okay, <laughs> he's just a dentist. That in, yeah, he's a he dentist. He converts in King to of Judaism Queens. for the jokes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That is so funny, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. So episode two. Episode two. Unless you wanted to talk about, <laughs> unless you wanted to you... talk about uh, <laughs> dentist Jewish jokes. No. Let's talk about episode one. Let's talk about episode one. Let's do a recap. Let's do a recap. So in episode one, we <laughs> talked about. I was kind of kidding, but we'll do it anyway. Do our Today listeners want to hear a 20 minutes, minute? We recap for the first 15 minutes, the previous episode. So you know where we stand. Actually, I was really, uh, I'm, I'm really excited. I do. I do wonder if we're going to be able to pick up steam and do more episodes. Like what's it been since our first recording? Three weeks? Two. Oh, that's not that bad. Uh, it's not terrible. Uh, wait. No, it's been it's it's been like three Nuh-uh. weeks. I bet I, I well I can find the file, but okay. Well, so we're gonna we're gonna do every other week releases to start. Yeah, and, so and every other week release I see, and then really on the front end. So like I would say we still record next week. Yeah. yeah. When we drop an episode, we should still record. Have like a, I think like if we just committed to getting six episodes in the bank. And then recording, recording every other week since that's what we're producing. Yeah. Start recording every other week from there an episode, 
and then we have we've got like a, a decent fill that mm-hmm. we can utilize if craziness happens which in our current craziness season, probably no. doesn't won't happen much but it's, it's not gonna happen there is nothing crazy going on in the mm-hmm. world mm-hmm. there are no birds falling from the sky anywhere uh, or acid rain or anything like that nothing a like single that. one so i'm so glad we live in a very calm environment right now one of these days because this is a spurgeon show we are going to talk about eschatology no yeah 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 no, no i we, don't see we, how that fits we're gonna in. have to so you and i are both <laughs> post mill right but spurgeon was not post mill was what was, was well, he he's like a conglomeration right yeah but a lot of people would say he would he would be like a not a preacher of rapture, but more like a maybe more like a like a like John, a, like a John Piper pre pre male guy. Yeah. Um, but kind of anyway, weirdo believes in a literal thousand years. <laughs> we're gonna have Heretics. to. It, it'll be a, that'll that be a fun topic. So we were just at the church building. We think we have a place where we're gonna do the conference. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about the conference coming up. Yeah. But it's coming really fast. It's coming so fast. So. Soon we should be able to, <coughs> by the time this episode drops, though, <coughs> by the time this episode drops, we will have already come out and announced um, the, the actual location and with the registration should already be underway by the time this one drops. Wouldn't you say? Like well underway. This oh, is, by Monday? Uh, well, this is episode two. Wait, so what did you say? By when? By the I, time this episode drops, oh, registrations oh, oh. should be well underway. Yeah. Yeah. Yep well underway so thank you for all of you who have already registered oh my gosh i couldn't believe we had 70 registrations day one can you believe that yeah (laughs) and and some of you have paid double that's amazing just because you're like this is going to be a great conference we're just going to pay them double i did not yeah i did not expect that (laughs) i I almost can't even believe it (laughs) what is this podcast about (laughs) we're having too much fun okay all right okay anyway so i'm glad i'm glad we're here man episode two spurgeon maniacs Welcome. Yeah, this is that's that's legitimate banter right there. Legitimate. That's legitimate podcast banter that Look you guys can Jim hang your hat on. <laughs> they had an episode recently. It was like fifteen minutes. Did you see that? I cannot remember the episode, but it was like a solid didn't see fifteen it. Do you watch them? minutes. Or do you no, just listen? Okay, you I said would did say you see that? Ninety-five percent would be audio. Yeah. Okay. Do they? Um, some guys will just say, "Hey, if." You, Here's the here's yeah. the minute, here's the minute marker in case yeah. you don't want it. Did they do that? Yep. Okay, that's that's nice. Should when we... when Joe remembers, okay. so I think he's the one in charge. So if you guys ever hear this podcast, that would be hysterical. Yeah. But it sounds like Joe is the one in charge of show notes because Jimmy is constantly making so. fun of him for not putting st- things in the show notes. Right. <laughs> All right. Just for Which the fun makes of it, Jimmy sound like a podcast wife. <laughs> We're never gonna go there. I don't want to identify any like anything like that in this in this relationship. We'll Josh. shut that down. I'm shutting we'll it down shut now. Down fast. All right. So we've we've kind of alluded to a, a podcast that we like. That's doctrine and devotion. Mm-hmm. I think we can say we would say anybody listening to this podcast mm-hmm. w- should go over and listen to Doc and Devo and yeah. and subscribe. Hundred percent. What else? What else do you listen to, Josh? That you'd say, hey, this is uh, this is something that that you would subscribe to. Um, it's just a quick one that they only did, um, they only did seven episodes, so it's not an ongoing podcast, but I think it's worthwhile if you're a pastor for sure. It's just a topic you need to know about. And that is the textual criticism. Um, oh, I forgot their name. Mm. You had to ask me. Mm-hmm. It, it meant so much to me. This is unscripted guys. This is raw, it's real deal right here. 
criticism. It's with Micah Ward. I know that. Dr. Dr. Micah Ward. I'm sorry. Okay. Micah. Yep. Yep. Mark. I think it's Mark Ward. Okay. Not Micah. Mark oh, Ward. I need to edit this, ep- this podcast episode so much because that is ridiculous. <laughs> collective. The Textual Confidence Collective is what I meant to say. And it is a seven part. Um, it's a seven part podcast about criticism, uh, textual criticism. I'm sorry, textual skepticism, textual absolutism and textual confidence. So in other words, the King James only controversy. Gotcha. To nice. borrow a title from. And it's James interesting. White. They keep, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's, it's not it's, boring and drag. Yeah. Yeah. It's three guys nice. who know the topic so well that it's just a conversation. Nice. Um, they talk about their favorite, um, they talk about their favorite Tyndale moment, just recent things like that. So it's not, it's not rigid. It's a very easy listen to each podcast episode's about an hour long. So it requires some time, but so that's, that's just a good one. Nice. I've, I've still just been enjoying blog and may blog and uh, listening to a lot of Canon plus. So that's not necessarily a, a podcast, but I've been listening to a lot of Doug Wilson and then yeah. you with you and Peter. Last yeah. night at the residency class, have you listened to any preachers talk yet? Yeah, I li- so I listened to their first one about. Um, I did. It was the honestly the first time I even heard that word. Yeah, it was. Uh, oh, see, I, it's so new. I don't even know what it. I've never heard of that term before in my life. But it was a uh, um, homiletical structure. Oh, homiletical structure. Oh, their even, latest episode. Yeah, their there latest episode. I just clicked on it and right. listened to it, and it was, it it. So it's things that you obviously think about as a preacher, but someone for me who doesn't have that lot of scholarly um, time into Mm -hmm. preaching, just more preaching, Mm -hmm. um, it was interesting to hear the terminology and way of doing something that's already in my head, but now I know how to just advance that more. So yeah, Yeah. I listened to two of their episodes and they're very good. Awesome. I love them. They're great. So that's nine marks. They're part of their ministry, Preacher's Talk. They also have Pastor's Talk. It's just really good stuff. So, sweet. Should we d- dive in, jump into ours? I say d- we dive get in. Get into some content, talk about a little Spurgeon. Oh, I love Spurgeon. Spurgeon in history, guys. So, I would, this is just being honest. I honestly am not that well-read in Spurgeon. Yeah. And so, when Joel asked, like, hey, would I be an admin in the Facebook group? I'm like, sure. I, I don't know a lot about Spurgeon, but I obviously admire him. I know about him. This has been a really fun journey personally for me to just dive into like who Spurgeon was, how he wrote, how he preached. It's been a lot of fun. And this is just growing that experience. I I plan to just keep on growing. This is going to be awesome. And we're we're kind of forced to dive in all the time now to Spurgeon scholarship. So um, I'm excited about it. So so for today, for Spurgeon in history, here's a little chunk of uh, something that was going on during Spurgeon's time. When it comes to evolution. That's the topic of today. When it comes to evolution, most Christians would agree that scripture does not support such a theory. Mm -hmm. Charles Spurgeon actually agreed with this. You might be surprised, but he agreed that uh, it was really not a theory that Christians would subscribe to. Many may not know this fact, though, that Charles Spurgeon and Charles Charles and Darwin. Charles. <laughs> Charles and Charles. Is that the name of the show? The podcast? All right. Charles cool. and... Nope. Charles and Charles. Uh, the, yeah, that Charles Spurgeon and Charles Darwin both lived during the same century. Darwin was born in 1809. Spurgeon was born in 1834. So 25 years apart. That's insane. Yeah. 25 years after 
uh, Spurgeon's birth, uh, Darwin published his famous work, The Origin of Species, what he would probably be most, most famous for, at least what got him sort of on the map with the, his theory. By the time Spurgeon was 25, he had already been pastoring at New Park Street Church in London for five years. His sermons were already being published widely, and the pastor's college was up and running. So it's a 25-year-old Spurgeon. Um, at 25, I had not accomplished much for the kingdom. I'm so glad I was just in Christ at that point. Um, but Spurgeon had already had his college going, leading a call, leading a pastor's college at 25, pastoring for five years and publishing sermons widely. So it's amazing to me to think about Spurgeon's gospel ministry, a ministry of sound and powerful preaching, being in such close proximity, even physically, to the famous Charles Darwin. So we'd have to ask, did they ever meet? That's one of the first things I think about. Did they meet? Did they cross paths, right? Mm. That would have been, what an encounter, like dark and light, evil, <laughs> good. <laughs> right, right. Um, but so? from what we can tell, they don't. They didn't ever cross paths. I even reached out to a couple of people, checked in with a couple of guys that I thought would know more and said, that, not that they know of. Um, so I don't believe that their, their paths crossed, not in person anyway, but Spurgeon no doubt encountered the effects of Darwinian evolution in his ministry. So one of the more serious dangers that Spurgeon realized, and that we actually still face today, is the effect that Darwin's teaching has on students and children. You'd be surprised just how much seems to... This really is what Spurgeon locked into. And in fact, he, he said something that was a bit of a warning, but kind of had a little edge of prophecy to it. There's a quote from Spurgeon. He says, within 50 years of, of his time, that is, within 50 years, children in the school will read of extraordinary popular delusions, and this will be mentioned as one of the most absurd of them. Speaking of Darwin's theory, isn't that just awesome? <laughs> and, and, and he was right. And I like the phrase that he uses, a popular delusion. That's well said. Its popularity definitely was certain. It increased but the certainty of the destruction it has caused in our society is, is no less vivid. We still see that today, and it definitely had its effects. Is there any wonder why humanity struggles with identity more than ever, even in our day? I heard it said recently, whoever controls the schools controls the world. Had you heard that quote before? Yeah. You had Gary DeMar. I actually heard it through Doug Wilson's uh, material. So throughout history... The enemies of the Christian worldview have all believed this. Hitler believed that. We can, we, can, we can see Hitler believed that. Karl Marx believed that, that fact that whoever controls the schools controls the world. And what do we find at the center of their worldview? Godlessness. No real purpose found in the God who created all things for his glory. Not seeking after the God of creation, but actually denying the existence of God. So we would expect nothing less than for Spurgeon to remain strictly biblical as he faced these opposing thoughts, but not without actual a little wittiness. And I had to add this, this thought to this and along the way. He was very witty about this. He said this, Brethren, I would remind you that after all these years in which so many people have been hunting, hunting up and down the world for the missing link, quote-unquote, between animals and men, among all the monkeys that the wise men have examined, they have never discovered one who has rubbed his tail off and ascended in the scale of creation so far as to take his place as the equal of our brothers and sisters of the great family of mankind. So, what is evolution? It's a distraction from the truth of Jesus Christ. That's what it is. 
And so Spurgeon had this place in history that coincides with one of the most uh, destructive and distracting things uh, that we've ever known in all the world history. Yeah. And so Josh, what, uh, what can we say? How does, this, how does this coincide with Scripture? How, does this, um, how are we to look at this in light of God's Word? Uh, we're supposed to look at it fully. Um, not only mm. fully, but being illuminated by Christ's exposing word. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a firm belief in creation. So with that, you've got Adam, fall, the sin, brokenness, purposelessness, laws of fix- physics, cosmic order, genealogy, and eventually Jesus Christ. All of these things have direct scriptures to back them up and therefore they have a transcendent truth in them without i would say without the creation without there being that all of these things so a fall means nothing sin means nothing brokenness means nothing purposeless purposelessness means nothing all of these things mean nothing Mm-hmm. If there was not a created order that decided to fight against yeah. their created order, mm. because with this, you have evolution of just the luckiest of chances. I would even say among, among a theistic evolutionary position, be like, well, we still see evolution. The, the facts are undeniable, but they are, but it falls under God's order everything is by chance and there's nothing to point back to because mm. scripture very clearly points back to Adam in who he was mm-hmm. in his literal act and how Jesus counteracts that. So there's so many scriptures that you can go to for this. You can go to the, just obviously the creation order of Genesis one. You can go to, um, you can go to those places in Galatians that talk about uh, Adam falling into sin before the law, all of these things. But where I wanted us to focus ourselves, and it, it's what Spurgeon said and, and what Joel picked up on that made me want to go into this, and that is the, 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 the foolishness of this thought, and we find that in Romans 1. So in verses 18 to 23, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God. Or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools, and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Mm. So when we compare this with Scripture, we look at what does evolution bring compared to this Scripture. They we have found that they've they found their idol, yeah, and that idol is naturalism, mm. and they and, worship and, it, and mm. they worship it. What else? What else could exist or matter in this world except well, matter itself? 
um, because you can't point to anything, but even their own thought process, even their own ideology of naturalism fails them because that you have to have faith. Mm. As much as we claim scientific facts, you, you cannot prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that there was a big bang. Right. When Even when we just talk about mathematics, physics, we talk about space, we talk about all atomic particles, all of these things, you cannot prove, which mm. is what it claims to do. You cannot prove these things. So you have to have faith. They want to have faith in themselves. They want to have faith in things that are easily touched. And more and more I live in this life, the more I see um, this this particular verse in Romans of knowing God, they did not honor him. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think people would point to Jesus Christ being the son of God and therefore they deny him. But people know in their hearts that there is a God. Right. And they know in their hearts that this around us was created. Natural revelation. The natural revelation. Not enough to convict not men's... revelation. Correct. Yeah. Not enough to convict men and women's heart of sin and their need for a savior, but enough to go... This did. This is here because of someone. Yeah, and Scripture says that's enough. Actually, that we are without excuse. Yeah, the right there. We are without thing. excuse. Mm. Yeah. So what? So just uh, as we see this, this naturalism, the natural reaction is well, let's fight all of naturalism, and and to do that, we get this pendulum swing to supernaturalism. So I, I this verse does not find in there that the antidote for these people giving up their excuse of God um, to fight their own things as find everything supernatural because that is not the answer, but the answer is to look to the one. And so that is the right view of God in Genesis one. God created, God ordained, God gives the commands and we follow what he has said because of we live in the light of revelation of his son. Mm -hmm. So we do not have a futile understanding of shifting sands and naturalism and looking for as Spurgeon said that missing link that holds all things together we can stand on unchanging ground of God's word above Mm. everything else amen man praise God hey everyone this will only take a second of your time to tell you about our conference and a special deal our conference is officially official That means our first annual Spurgeon Conference will be held at New City Church, 150 Congress Ave, Bath, Maine on May 26th and 27th. The first night's going to include an opening to the conference, dinner, and a live recording of Spurgeon Maniacs. The next day will be packed with sessions from James Renahan, Jeff Chang, Ed Romine, and our very own Joel Littlefield. We're going to have giveaways, we're going to have lunch, coffee, and wonderful fellowship with the saints. Those of you listening to this podcast get a special promo code. Go to our link in the show notes to our Eventbrite page and type in the promo code SPURGEPOD. That's S-P-U-R-G-E-P-O-D, and you'll get $20 off that ticket price. We hope to see you all there. Now back to the podcast. That's awesome. I, I, what an what an amazing thing. Um, and one, just the longevity of something I keep thinking about is the longevity of Satan's uh, deception, mm. that it's always been this way, right, from the beginning, the original lie uh, to Adam and Eve. Um, God is not enough. But not only is God not enough, you can 
you can ascend and you can you can ascend this mm-hmm. order and be like God. Yeah. Right? Isn't that the that is the prevailing lie behind evolution? The evolutionary theory. He's just theory. keeping those things from you because he he doesn't want you like yeah. that. He's trying to keep you down. He's trying to keep, He's trying to you keep gotta you down. know your potential. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, but it's I think it's an important thing to remember. And mm-hmm. if we take it back to Spurgeon's main uh, hang up with this, I think it's a great way to just bring it to uh, our discussion and just say, all right, this is still happening in our world today. Mm. Um, the effect on children, the effect on uh, the education system, and it is it is still where Satan has a greater, uh, an, uh, actually an incredible foothold is in our yeah. education system, continuing to pump out this theory. When the, yeah. It's still not, from what I, uh, it's not beyond the theory category yet. Oh, right? evolution? Right, evolution. Oh, like, by, it's no, still by no means. The theory. Yeah. Yet, it yet, can't move it can't move beyond it. Yet a student brings up anything about creation science and it is completely laughed at, mm-hmm. right? And but but still we're talking about what the prevailing thought is. We're we're going off of a theory mm-hmm. um, that has everything to do with random chance and not a loving God who created and brought order. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just so much deception. But the reality is that Christian Christianity and secular have always existed side by side, right? So we have yeah. to know how to live in this world. So let's just sort of, I don't know, what are some ways maybe through your childhood? Like, yep. did you, how did you encounter evolution for the first time? Never to be, to be, never f- to be fully transparent. No, I, I, I did. I did not. So my father was a manager of a radio station. This, you know, you have memories in your head that just plague you. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, they had this Saturday night radio program aimed at youth and I got to get on the air. And so he asked me, you know, what do you think about evolution? And the definition that I gave was beyond laughable. Okay. I want to hear it. So I said, I basically, (laughs) I can remember a lot of it, but basically I said, it's, it's stupid. I don't understand how it makes any (laughs) sense because you've just got like, don't ask me, don't submit questions about this because I can't give you an answer why I said this, but you've just got like random eggs just just randomly in places and they just produce life. And then that's how life came here. It just doesn't make any sense. That's what you said. There was ra- just said. random eggs around. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what scientific <laughs> like class or who is saying that, but that's, that was what was in my head. I don't know. If, I don't know if Ben Shapiro ever <laughs> debates on evolution and creation. Does he? Cause I'm sure he's a creationist. I don't know. He needs to take some material from you if he's ever debating an evolutionist. Be like, this is stupid. It's stupid. You got like random eggs everywhere, and then there's just life. I'm pretty sure he would win a lot of debates. You, just I think from you're onto something. The sheer fact that they would be astounded by his stupidity, that they wouldn't know what to say, and he would walk oh, out victorious. My word. That's insane. Yeah. yeah so, so that okay. teach your kids. That's oh, so that's that was the story of that was the point of why I said absolutely nothing. And if my parents, which I know my dad will probably listen to this. Um, maybe you did teach me and I just didn't retain that information, but I do not remember being taught anything remotely close to evolution. Cause I was homeschooled FYI yeah. guys. FYI. I don't think I said this. I was homeschooled from all, all of it. I didn't enter a classroom until college. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, that was a Bible college. That was a Bible college. Yeah. So, so even they then, were not teaching it there. No, because they had like a basic understanding. Somebody's having they fun won. out in the parking lot, dude. They won. I think they did. <laughs> I'm going to go with they won. Nice. Yeah. So nice. yeah, th- I think they've probably just had like a, uh, you guys are college now. You yeah. you you have a basic understanding of the world. Yeah. I did not. <laughs> That's crazy. What man. about you? So what did 
You weren't homeschooled, right? No, I was not homeschooled at all. Went uh, public school all through high school, junior high, high school. Um, yeah, it's funny. So I was taught uh, the gospel and the basic Christianity from an early childhood, but um, my parents certainly didn't introduce any other theories. I had, I had no idea really about evolutionary theory. I do remember in high school uh, being a part of an environmental class and then biology, and I wasn't living for Christ at the time, but I do remember them saying some wacky stuff, um, especially the environmental science class. I felt like, you know how there's a lot of talk about depopulation today? Like, oh my gosh. Let's just not, we're not going to go into that, but we, like, we're, let's just say even back in 1999 or 2000 when I, when I was in environmental science, the guy was saying, the, the teacher was like, yeah, there's too many people on this earth. We like, we're, we got to figure out a way to de- <laughs> depopulate. Like, I'm not, I'm not kidding. <laughs> this world needs a new plague. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. This world needs a new plague. Dwight Schrute. Somehow the office is going to sneak onto this show every time. That's awesome. But I do remember him thinking, but even as a kid, and that has very little to do with evolution, other than that they're all kind of in that same vein of thought anyway. It's the natural order from that. Yeah, the natural, exactly. Life has zero meaning. Yeah. For the people that are strong and need to survive, how do we make sure they survive? Yeah. We need to have less people. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I didn't buy it hook, line and sinker at all. I mean, um, I, but, and then it wasn't until I was following Christ and then listening to apologetics and other things where I started to realize, oh, it was the, it was the, the, the dinosaur guy. Ken Ho- can't have, can't hovind. You remember him? He's the guy that went to prison for tax evasion and then he got out, but he was like the science teacher that debated all these major, uh, evolution scientists. What? A science no. teacher. Yeah. That was always the, that was always the thing. Cause mine this, was this, Ken Ham. And then there was Ken Ham. So Ken Ham's the, obviously the answer is Genesis guy, but yeah. So I went to college with someone who with her Ken father, oh. her father was known as the dinosaur man in Bridgeton. Oh, okay. I, I cannot remember his, his full name. Okay. I think he was a doctor too, but anyways, anyway. so when he said dinosaur man, I'm like, yeah. how do you know about him? That's okay. funny. So anyway, all that to say, um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have uh, it was later in life that I began to realize that there was an actual debate and it mattered. Well, all of that conversation to say um, kids are being indoctrinated and it does happen in school. Homeschoolers, you have an, an amazing advantage unless you, unless you're part of a non-Christian home and they're teaching it to you in private. But um, is it being taught in public schools today? Oh, for sure. I yeah. would, I'd like to be a fly on the wall, honestly, like to say what, what has, what is Actually, because it's all hearsay for me. Yeah. I don't actually know what's being taught. Yeah. In, in the sense, like, I've not been in there. I know it's being taught. Do you have an yeah. insight? No. No. No insight. No. Should we try to sneak? No, let's not talk about sneaking into schools. <laughs> Never mind. This let's is the say. final podcast of Spurgeon Maniacs <laughs> um, due to Joel and Josh being arrested uh, and thrown in jail. <laughs> anyway. But all that to say, like, so Spurgeon, uh, yeah, he walked, he walked the same streets as, Dar- as Charles Darwin, and we need to be, as Christians, we do need to be sharp, I think, mm-hmm. sharpened with the word. Josh brought up um, even just one or two scriptures that make it very clear God is the creator. Christians don't need to be um, apologetic about the fact that you believe what you believe because God's word is true. Like, mm-hmm. Jesus is risen from the grave. He's risen. Yeah. I like to point back to that often with people. Like, if Christ is risen from the grave and He validates Old and New Testament, it is. It's true. It is. Yeah. It is God's solid, holy word. It's, and we can stand on it. Um, but it does affect identity, right? That was brought up a little bit, like yep. who you are. That's, yep. I think, one of the major crises, and um, we see that in our state. Oh my gosh! Yeah, me. It. Our state has an identity crisis that um, is severely. M- masked over mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Uh, 
John did a debate. Yep. One of our elders in our church, he did a debate. And his opponent started saying facts about our state that just weren't true. Yep. About yep. people not wanting to identify mm. as like children, children not wanting to identify as like animals and stuff. Oh, and that's right. I remember that. Yep. Not wanting to identify, like it was strictly about, it was strictly about, you know, transgender on its basic level of male and female mm-hmm. and wanting to, and, and it's just not true. Like we yeah. have children in our state who have severe identity crises yeah. because they're being told you can do whatever you want. Yeah. You can be true to yourself, but no one's telling them who themselves are. Mm-hmm. So how can you be true to a self that isn't being guided? Yeah. And then let's not forget that these are children, yeah, like children. Right. What would happen you just dropped this bomb in a high school at some. Look, we're talking about bombs in schools. Now we're really gonna get arrested. What if you dropped? <laughs> I'm talking about clip a, episode here. A metaphorical <laughs> bomb. No, keep this. It's fun. <laughs> this is this is good content right here. Gold, uh, Joel. Gold. gold. <laughs> no, like. So our local schools. I remember that you you know the you matter events that the local. They, what they, what they would do is this. There's an organization. Weren't we? Didn't we do some of those before my days? Uh, didn't New City do something with them? I don't know if New City did, but I was at some events. And what they yeah. would do basically, they would they would park outside of the schools, and as kids are getting off the bus, they basically lined the entire walkway into the school with signs that say "You matter." Mm. And they what they were trying to do is to say, kids, you matter. You matter to us. You matter to this community because of the yeah. high suicide rate in our community. Yeah, you're not invisible. Like we see you. You guys are important to us. But then I, but of course, as a Christian, as a pastor in the local community, I'm thinking we're missing a piece of this. Why do you matter? And mm-hmm. it's not because we say, not because we say you matter, but because you're all made in the image of God. So that's the 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 metaphorical bomb I'm talking about. What if that was dropped? Like you were created by God. In his image, you have value, you have purpose because mm-hmm. of your creator. Yeah. That's what's missing. I don't think this is a, um, a, uh, a straw man argument, but what would you, like, Joel, you're now an atheist, an evolutionist, and I say to you, why do human life have, why do human life have value? Why does human life yeah, have why, value? Yeah, what'd why, I say? Why do? Why do? <laughs> no, that's I okay. was homeschooled. Yeah. Why does <laughs> human life have value? If, and I'm an atheist. You're an atheist evolutionist. Because it, it would uh, it would be wrong, to, it, because uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel can like I can't even go give, there. I can't even try to pretend to go there. So based off of just apologetic videos, the the main argument I always hear is be, for a societal benefit. Yeah, we have a societal benefit in sure, numbers. Sure, sure. But that means absolute because societal benefit changes. The yep, the right. entire reason. Mm-hmm people were thrown into concentration camps in the forties is because objectively an entire group of people were deemed to have less value and they had less value because the majority of the population deemed it. So, Mm. so societal value means absolutely nothing. If enough people get behind a motive, that's right. But in Christ, even outside of faith, People have value because of the image and who they were created in. Mm-hmm. Regardless, regardless of who you are, human life has value because of the image of what they were made in. That's right. And so if that's removed, whether it's from uh, school, education, home life, if that's not taught, you are going to have kids uh, and adults alike that are yeah. in complete identity crisis. Yeah. And, and the way that we generally see people solving that 
is trying to find their identity in something else that yeah. cannot supply and provide what God alone can. And then they end up in an incredible mess. Yeah. Um, and worst case scenario, like in our community, um, yeah, people will take their own lives. And because that what they sought for was not fulfilling and could not satisfy. No. So how do we fight against this? This evil, wicked, satanic agenda. Spurgeon did it in his own day, and he preached. And so I would encourage you, Josh, I don't know if you did read anything else uh, as we were preparing for this topic, but he said, he said a ton mm. from the pulpit that just like, yeah. so you almost get this sense that he knew this theory was growing in his town. So what did mm. he do? He preached the gospel, mm-hmm. and he just stayed true to the word unapologetically. So what are some things we can do? Let's just rattle off a few. What can listeners do if they're parents or maybe they're teachers or they've got kids or they are a teenager? What do you do to fight against this satanic Make disciples. Agenda? Yeah, buddy. You Amen. make disciples. Yeah. Like we, we don't live in a world where we uh, witness to Jesus coming into your heart and have them say a prayer. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a false view of Christianity. Yeah. We're called to make disciples, Amen. disciple your children, disciple your friends. Mm-hmm. It does. It's not the work of a pastor to disciple the nations. Yeah. It is the mission of the church mm-hmm. of Christians to disciple the people that they know. Yeah. Paul could not disciple the people in Ephesus. Mm-hmm. He left that to the elders and to the saints in Ephesus. And that's why he wrote them a letter of how, um, people, are, how men are to treat their wives, how wives are to treat their husbands, how men and women are supposed to treat their ch- uh, list goes on and on. You've all read Ephesians. Mm-hmm. That that's discipleship. Um, we have to start by that's that's the number one place is discipling. It's got to be there. Yep, absolutely. I'd say another thing um, would be, you know, boldly standing on the truth. Right. Yeah. So that's involved in discipleship, but that, you know, you're going to encounter your, if you encounter an evolutionist, mm-hmm. um, or any, any theory that's outside of, uh, biblical Christianity, yeah. you're, you're gonna need some boldness. Uh, so know the word, yep. know your Bible and then plan, prepare to boldly stand on the truth in, yep. in the age that we live in, um, because the God of this world is blinding the eyes of nonbelievers. Um, Paul said that to the Corinthians and, mm-hmm. but, but the hope is, is that God opens eyes. Yeah. And he uses, in that gospel presentation to the Corinthians, he actually uses a creation story. The God who says, let there be light, yeah. lets light shine in their hearts. And th- those who were once blind are given sight. Mm. So, it, yeah. yeah, man, it's, I think it's, us cessationists are scared of the word prophet. Uh-huh. But we need prophets today because yeah, prophets yeah. proclaim the word of the Lord. Are you a like cessationist? Uh, Partial. So, practical. Practical. I heard okay. this. T- actually, heard the terminology today with that video you shared. Yeah. Oh, you Paul watched Washer it. Paul Washer says that he's a practical uh, cessationist. cessationist. Okay. And I would say the same thing. I, I cannot prove in Scripture that gifts stopped, but I cannot point to someone saying they have the gift of healing, they have the gift okay. of tongues, they yeah. have the gift of this. And when I heard that, I'm like, that. I think that's a great way of saying it. Time to do some digging, man. Spurgeon. Yeah. It's a good episode. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. we're going to do this. So this is, this is awesome. Well, man, what a great topic. What a great episode. Awesome conversation, man. Awesome. 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 Thanks, man. This was great. Um, so follow us on all of our platforms. We have, well, we only have one. <laughs> follow us on Facebook. <laughs> it's easy. Just like us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. Follow us. We have that private page as well, where you guys can actually interact with each other, sharing stuff. And then on our podcast, man, whatever you're listening to, give us that five-star review. Help us out. Spread the word. They don't get published because of 
certain other metrics because of reviews. It's because of re reviews and downloads. So help us spread this out. We want people to have the same appreciation for Spurgeon. And um, we're looking forward to hopefully seeing a lot of you guys in the conference that we'll have coming up in a few months. May 26th and 27th. That's going to be awesome. We're looking forward to it. And you guys have fun. Take care. Well, that's pretty good. Dude.